Welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, where we cut through the fog of overwhelm so you can see all the ways to start creating a life that works for you. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, making overwhelm optional for you because it's a miserable place to be. And it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to get so overwhelmed that you cannot see an easier way, a more fun way to live your life and that you end up just postponing the really good stuff just to get through. And I don't want that for you. So this week, we're going to discuss the dietary cheeseburger. The what? The dietary cheeseburger model. I'm absolutely serious. This is something I use all the time because it's really, really helpful. So... Bear with me, because even if you don't like cheeseburgers, this is a really, really, really important, very, very useful thought experiment. So I guess if you don't like cheeseburgers, you could pick something else that you love, but kind of gets banned in a, oh, that's not healthy. But I'm going with the cheeseburger because I love cheeseburgers. Right. So to the extent that you believe that you personally can have such a thing as a dietary cheeseburger determines whether or not you can have one. I'll say that again. The extent to which you believe that you personally can have such a thing as a dietary cheeseburger, that means a cheeseburger that is healthy and delicious, not banned, determines whether or not you can have one. So the purpose of doing this is not to create the cheeseburger. I mean, it is, except that this isn't a cooking program, obviously. The purpose of creating it is to watch what comes up for you. So I invite you to neutral notice the process. That means getting out of your head into your body. And if you haven't yet, if you haven't yet taken up my offer of the free download of the one minute mark so you can get started with um, neutral noticing, please, please, please click the link in the show notes and make sure that you just give it a go because it's such a revolutionary, brilliant technique. And it's just one minute. So neutral noticing is noticing completely neutrally what's going on for you. But it's a very specific technique of getting out of your head into your body. And there's loads more to it. I've done other episodes. You can go back and check them out. Lots of free teaching on that. But right now, I want you to just, um, if you haven't done it before, then I'll, I'll guide you through it a little bit. But otherwise, you'll still get something from just doing it as a thought experiment. But it's really, really helpful to observe what comes up for you when I suggest that you can have a dietary cheeseburger. So you may be going, well, of course you can, Heidi. I know all of this. I've done this before. Okay, fine. That's not helpful because then you're not going to get anything. You're not going to receive anything. So dropping the idea that you already know your answer and instead coming with me during this playful thought experiment so you can really, really get rich stuff for you. Or you might be in that position, very composition where you go, no, Heidi, it's impossible. And that's brilliant because I love, love, love starting with people who are going, no, it's not possible. You cannot have a dietary cheeseburger. Or you might be somewhere in the middle. You might be quite curious going, "Mm, well, I've tried to make one before and I think I did okay, But. So wherever you are with this is wherever you are, and that's okay. So just start where you are. So. The extent to which you can have a dietary cheeseburger depends on the extent to which you can believe it's possible for you. And obviously, 
if you if you're a regular listening listener to um, my podcast and you follow me on Instagram or you're on my mailing list, you'll know that what I'm talking about here is the extent to which you believe it is possible for you to create a life that works for you rather than squishing and crushing yourself into a life that just doesn't work for you. But you're hoping that when you get to the end of that tunnel, it will. That is what we're really talking about. But if we imagine that and you're stuck in a tunnel and you're stuck and you're severely overwhelmed, it's really, really hard. I know because I've been there and it took me years to get out of that fog. And that wasn't from lack of knowledge. It's, this isn't about academic knowledge, about meditation and mindfulness and growth mindset and positive thinking. And it's not about that. It goes much deeper than that. And I, I fundamentally believe it's to do with um, a lack of love and acceptance for ourselves. And, and not on purpose. It's like an unawareness that actually we're constantly criticizing ourselves that we we just don't feel good enough so therefore because we don't feel good enough we're constantly struggling to to fit into fit ourselves into a, a life that we've worked really hard to create but it just doesn't quite work and we just don't know what to do about it so if we just spoke about that which I have done before and we could do but it's harder because the mind automatically puts up all these barriers like well it's all right for you you're an entrepreneur, you can get up when you want. Or, well, you, you're, you've got this then like calm, Heidi, you, it's easy for you. You know, it's very easy to look at other people and go, it's easy for them. And as soon as we start comparing ourselves to other people and thinking, well, it's easy for them, it's possible for them, that's really, really unhelpful for ourselves. It's also a judgment. It's a judgment of ourselves and it's a judgment of the other people, of the other people. And I don't mind if, you know, you could be judging me. Well, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because if you judge me too harshly, you'll miss um, some goodies for you. And that would be a shame. Um, and if you're judging me, then you're probably judging yourself. So it's no good for any of us, is it, when we get into the critical, the critical naggy mind. God, it makes all our lives so much harder. So just what we're going to do is play with the dietary cheeseburger model because it's fun. It's easier. It's easier for the mind not to go, no, you can't have that. When I when I make that much money, I'll be able to have more time off. When I've got that promotion, things will get better. When my business has reached this lesson, this level, then I'll be able to. That is not helpful. And it's a bit like the cheeseburger. When I've lost this amount of weight, then I'll be able to eat a cheeseburger. It's, let's just throw it in the air and go, right, let's play. Ready? So, the dietary cheeseburger model doesn't really matter. It's a really, really important model, but it doesn't really matter because it's only a cheeseburger. Whereas, obviously, all the real stuff <laughs> does matter. So, that's why it just becomes easier. So, it doesn't really matter. You might not even like cheeseburgers. In which case, it's even easier for you because you don't even like cheeseburgers. Although, then I guess you miss out on the deliciousness. But still go with me for the cheeseburger for now. You can always take the method and try it with something that you love, like cheesecake. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine a life without cheesecake. I do love cheesecake. Um, so you might not even like cheeseburgers, which makes it easier in some ways because there's no heavy weightedness to the discussion. You might see them as forbidden in your quest for a healthy life. It's like, no, can't have cheeseburgers. No, cheeseburgers are bad. 
they're like a million calories. You might see them as immoral and bad for the planet in some way. That's another problem with food these days, isn't it? It's all become heavily weighted. It's all just so heavy. Um, but of course, the values that we have are really important. And I have I have values very important to me about food and how it's produced. So that does go into your model. Or you might actually eat the cheeseburger and then berate yourself and feel really guilty and bad and then go on like one of those terrible six day purges and punishments with hardcore salad eating until you've kind of made up for that moment of disgusting cheeseburger eating, even though it was delicious. <laughs> so wherever it is for you today, whatever comes up for you is important. Because it's a thought experiment. We're not actually making a recipe. It's not actually a cooking program. So let's just say it again. The extent to which you believe a dietary cheeseburger is possible for you is the extent to which you can have it. So knowing what comes up for you, a dietary cheeseburger, possible or impossible. Or you might be going, well, there's some adjustments I could make, but it wouldn't be as delicious. Can you see? So there's like degrees. So just notice what comes up for you. And then let's start designing it. So for me, I don't eat gluten, so I have a choice. I can, and my, I most usually do, just get rid of the bun, go bunless with it, which is actually great because then I feel, I probably feel better after eating it than replacing it with a gluten-free bun. Just because, I don't know, it's less carbohydrate. And sometimes it's just really, really nice to just eat protein and vegetables and that can feel great. Other times we might buy, oh, who is it who does it? I, th I think it's Genius who in general make the most ungenious gluten-free bread I've ever tasted. But I think it's them who do these brioche um, burger buns. So they actually taste, they actually remind me of the first cheeseburger I ever met. I was 11. I don't think you could get cheeseburgers in England then. You certainly couldn't where I lived because I lived on an island in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, cheeseburgers hadn't crossed the channel yet. But I went to Belgium when I was 11 on my own. Well, there were hundreds of other children. But in those days, you just stuck a, a label on children and sent them to Victoria with a suitcase like Paddington Bear. And I went. It was the 100th anniversary of independence from Holland. And yeah, I was one of the youngest. I think you had to be 11 to 14 and somebody dropped out. So I got to go. I think my language teacher was a bit shocked that I was going instead of the more extrovert, jolly person. And I remember her advice was, yeah, Heidi, make sure that you look around. Because in those days, I was just so shy and so quiet and so dreamy and in my head and very connected to plant plants and animals that I did probably spend a large amount of time walking around looking at the ground. And I see now that the words from my language teacher saying look around, they were really good advice. But at the same time, there are days when I just want to look at the ground now because actually it's not terrible. It's a good thing. I, I was noticing the tiny things around me or I was having this wonderful imaginary time in my head, neither of which is terrible, particularly for 
11 year old girl it's just that we we want children to snap out of that we want children to be other than they are don't we and there, there are advantages to I guess getting children to be a little bit more outgoing and extrovert I mean it is useful to learn to communicate better maybe I don't know but it that you can see that how many 42 years later her words are still with me and I was grateful because I did purposely I did what she said and I purposely did look around when I was in Belgium and maybe I took in more of my surroundings than otherwise but yeah interesting anyway why was I telling you this oh yeah so we're in Belgium and I actually found it quite difficult because the family I was with, I was just too, I really was just too shy. I didn't really know what to say. I was only 11. I, mean, I was very young. And um, <laughs> they took us out. They were very, very kind. And they took us all over the place. And it was absolutely lovely. It was a really, really good experience. I'm really grateful for it. But I remember we went into this, what must have been, well, not like McDonald's because it was Belgium. So it would have been much more kind of upmarket. Um, and, and they said, what would you like? Well, I didn't know because I'd never been in a place like that. And I didn't even know what a burger was because <laughs> this is 1979, you know, like, why would I know <clears throat> what a burger was? How would I know that? It just didn't exist in my world. And so they just ordered me a cheeseburger. And I remember they handed me this bag and in the bottom was this thing wrapped like a biscuit and I didn't know I handed it back because I didn't know what it was and then they said no no so I opened it and took a bite and oh man I can still taste that first bite of a cheeseburger that and the texture the softness of the bun and the extraordinary combination of flavors that go into what is is a genius thing a cheeseburger you know the sourness of the gherkin even though we don't really like the gherkins and we, we take them out. Just having one tiny bit does something. The cheese, the ketchup, the sweetness of the ketchup and the tiny bit of mustard, but not the English mustard. Oh, just incredible. It, it was a, I don't know, just like my whole mouth was just like sensations of taste buds. You know, just it was so different than anything I'd ever had before. And that stayed with me. And then Simon, my partner, managed to get um, these genius buns. And the and they he made these amazing, amazing dietary cheeseburger. Um, and I took a bite and it took me right back to age 11, standing in that very foreign uh, kind of restaurant takeaway, not knowing what I was doing, not understanding. I didn't even know it was a cheeseburger. And just having my taste sensations blown away by the experience. And it was, it, I loved it. I loved being able to be taken back in a very physical way to that memory. It was extraordinary. So you can see, I, I put a lot of thought into my food that I have very sensitive taste I, and, and the texture of food is important to me. And yeah, so to me, if I was going to do a dietary cheeseburger, it would... If it, if it included a bun, I think I would only really go for those new ones that we've, we've found just because they are so much better than anything else. And if, if I'm going to eat any sort of processed food, it's got to be worth it. That's how I that's how I see it. So what else would be in mine? 
So for you, would you go bun, bunless? Because you can wrap, wrap it in lettuce or you can just like um, have it on a plate with the salad on the side. Do you want the salad touching the burger? This is very important. Do you want what sauces would you have? So for me, I like mayonnaise and ketchup, but I don't want them to touch because mayonnaise plus ketchup equals something very similar to rosemary sauce, which you put on prawns. So if the if the ketchup and the mayonnaise touches, well, that's just going to make the whole thing taste a little bit fishy. Ugh. So for me, the separation in layers of all of the different things is really, really important. What about you? Now, if you're thinking, wow, she's put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I'll just put, I'll just let you know, going out for a meal with me, I order like Meg Ryan orders in when Harry met Sally. I'm like, so is it this or is it this? So in this case, can I have this without this? And can I have this on the side? I'm very serious order orderer. Otherwise, I just hide because and sometimes I don't want to go out because I don't want to order in public. <laughs> oh, funny. Or I just go somewhere where I know where I know it's all like it's really easy. I'll just have that because you do that perfectly. And I love you for doing that. And then I start telling them that I love that they do it that way, which probably makes their day. But yeah, so I'm quite funny to go out for food with. <laughs> but I love food. And I think we're so lucky that we have all of these choices and I find it really sad that we get so anxious nowadays about what we eat. So for you, where are you going? So we're starting on the outside of the bun. You know, what kind of bun? What's the texture of it? Where, if you, if you um, eat wheat, unlike me, where is the wheat grown? How is it grown? Um, is it organic? Is it English? Is it American? Is it from somewhere else in the world? Because I know that you guys are all over the world now. Thank you for contacting me. I love you for doing that. Well, I love you anyway. Thank you for listening and telling me it's amazing to hear from you. So where is the wheat grown? Or does that not matter to you? And that's okay. This is really important. This is about self-acceptance. So what comes to mind when you design a cheeseburger that that matches your taste needs, your dietary needs, your energy needs um, and the needs of your taste buds and the values you have and how you view the world? And then when I'm asking you to do this, are you going like, oh, yeah, but it's not that important. It's, you know, I don't want to make a fuss. I'm inviting you to make a fuss. I'm inviting you to order like Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to watch When Harry Met Sally. Honestly, I think I know every word. We actually had a movie showing of it in the garden for Heidi Fest, which was my 50th birthday. It was a weekend and it was like the, the final night was When Harry Met Sally, all cozied up under the stars. That was a very special memory. Or rather, it was a very special night and it is now a very special memory. Can't, you can't have a, it, what, no. Right. Hush, Heidi. I'm rambling now. I'm getting really excited, remembering good things. So we started on the outside. So you get to decide. And if you can't decide now, notice that. Because you don't have, there's no hurry. But allow yourself to actually do this. Allow yourself to make a fuss. Think about what would make your gut happy, your heart happy, you happy. 
instead of going for the, well, they don't really do this, so I can't really ask for it, imagine that you can. Imagine, imagine you can. So next, we're going to tackle the difficult situation. What is your burger made of? And I, I think this is one of the most divisive subjects. We have so many divisive, sub, divisive subjects at the moment, which is terribly, terribly sad because there is more that connects us than divides us. And, and respecting other people's views of the world and, and opinions and beliefs and values is so important. So I am not vegan or vegetarian, and that is not because I'm not deeply concerned about both animal welfare and the welfare of soil and air and water. It is because I have been, um, I was seriously vegetarian for years earlier in my life and it did a lot of damage. And I do not feel well eating a plant-based diet. It makes me ill, makes me sick. So I'm not going to do it, which means that I have to face head on the whole animal welfare and use of petrochemicals to um, to look after cows. It's really important. It's really important. But it's always been important to me. I, I, I'm a country girl. I've grown up, um, you know, various members of my family are farmers. You know, I'm very aware of farming practices around the world. And I'm also very aware of the statistics used to create fear and anxiety and manipulate us. So there's lots and lots of things there. And I don't want to go into that because that's not my that's not my trail. That's not my path. My path is to demonstrate creating a life that works for me and 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 therefore helping you believe and create a life that works for you because you matter. How you are in the world matters so much. So what do you need? What does your body need? What matters to you? So for me, that means when I eat beef, ideally, I want it to be locally ground organic beef from the grass that I walk on around here. That's my ideal. And if it's difficult to get that for whatever reason, then I want the closest to that I can get. And supporting local farmers in that way, that matters to me. That's so, so important. So that's my contribution, isn't it? That's my gift to the people around me who are growing food with deep love and care for the earth. That matters to me. And that's my choice in my burger. There's no onions in my burger. I don't eat onions. I could eat onions. I like onions. They don't like me. They give me a food baby for about a day or so. And I've, so I've just gone, no, do you know what? Having a swollen gut from eating onions. No, I can give that a miss. So there's no onions in mine. And I don't actually know if the original burger recipe necessarily did have onions in it. I'm not entirely sure about that. And, and having a burger without onions is so nice. Honestly, it's because it doesn't overpower it and you get to taste for me, I get to taste the actual meat. Now, if you're vegan or vegetarian, that might be repulsive to you. I don't know. It depends why you're vegan or vegetarian. Some people just don't seem to like the taste of meat or some people have very strong feelings about that. And I respect that. So therefore, the question is, that's my burger. What's yours? What's it made of? 
is it made? So when I was vegetarian, we used to make, it was great fun. It's such a bit ridiculous looking back. God, the amount of work. Why I didn't just buy tinned beans? I do not know. So I'd buy the beans in bulk from a ethical wholesaler in, this is like 1990s. I was such a hippie. Um, and then I'd soak the beans, drain the beans, soak the beans, drain the beans to remove the lectins that we can't process in our gut. And then I would boil them for oh, however many hours. So it was a big process, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my whole, um, you know, delving into food politics and, and different. I learned lots and lots and lots about nutrition and different proteins and all sorts of things, but it wasn't ultimately very good for my body. So I stopped, but did make some damn fine burgers really nice what were some of my favorites i think black eyed beans made a really really nice burger actually chickpeas make a nice one but it's a it's quite a different flavor i don't think it's as kind of meaty and and substantial um can't remember what else anyway i used to use all sorts it's great fun and then yeah and then we i think we had a burger press that we used to make them into the shape and then you know cook them up so you get to decide, don't you? And there might you might not want to make it yourself. Now, I'm just saying you don't have to make this. Like in our magical world, you can get somebody to make it for you with love and care. But you might already know of one that you buy regularly, that, that you're really happy with the contents of that makes you happy. So you can just pick that one. Like it's your, it's your dietary burger. You do what you want. So we've got the burger. We've got the bun. I've kind of talked about the sources, but you haven't. So what do you have? So I go, um, I go, the ketchup has to be on the cheese side and the gherkin side. So I think it goes, yeah, it goes, if there's a bun, it will go bun, ketchup, gherkin, very thinly sliced, but only three pieces maximum, maybe only one tiny slice of gherkin sometimes, depends on the mood. Um, the And then cheese and then the burger goes on top of the cheese because the heat of the burger melts the cheese. Then it would go lettuce. If I was having lettuce in the burger, the lettuce will go next. That's optional, might not have it, might be on the outside of the burger. And then it would go ketchup. No, the other one, mayonnaise. And then it would go to the top of the bun. So the mayonnaise is kept very, very separate from the cheese, the gherkin and the ketchup. What about you? You get to decide. What's in your burger? Actually, I'd love to know. I'd love it if people wrote in and said, this is my burger. So what's healthy about that? Well, first of all, there's not very much mayonnaise or ketchup. So for me, that's fine. The gherkin, probably a five a day. I don't really subscribe to five a day. Um, cheese. What's not to love about cheese? I love cheese. Ideally, obviously, it would be local, organic. That's quite tricky with a burger because really, ideally, you want the terrible processed cheese because it's just <laughs> delicious in a burger. But, you know, you get to decide. So what kind of cheese do you like in your cheeseburger? And you might be going, Heidi, I don't even like cheese in my burger. Okay. But if you were to have cheese, so if you don't like cheese, like you can get some amazing vegan cheeses now, can't you? Oh, there's some really, really good ones now. Um, if you don't like cheese, is there like a 
not very cheesy cheese that would just add something really cool to your burger? Or is there something you want to replace the cheese with? Or do you just want to not have cheese in your cheeseburger, which is weird because I don't know how that fits in with my thought experiment. But you get to decide, right? Because it's your dietary cheeseburger and the care to which you think about all of these options and what's most important, taste, um, fat content, um, you know, vitamins, values of in the food system, politics, etc. The extent to which you're really considering what's important to you, that matters, matters very much. And then what I want you to do is neutrally notice um, what's going on for you as we go through this. So if stuff's coming up for you like that's impossible or that would be terrible or I really, really want it to be meat even though I'm a vegan or I really don't like eating meat. I wish I was vegetarian. Maybe I'll try the bean one. You know, just like notice what's coming up and notice if there's lots of judgments coming up. Like this is impossible or, oh, I hadn't thought of that before. That might be better for me. Or whether you're denying yourself, because I noticed this recently. I thought, oh, I'm getting a bit negative about food again. I'm getting into that denying myself things. And it's because we started doing, well, Simon was doing some intermittent fasting and although I knew that intermittent fasting is quite different for women, I thought, OK, it's quite interesting. He's doing it. So I might just join in occasionally. So that would involve um, on a, at the weekend when he's not at work, eating the roast dinner at like 2.30 and then not eating again till the next day at like 9 or 10. So that's, a, that's quite a long, that's a, that's a much longer fast than going the normal probably 14 hours that I would do. Um, so I was doing that and then I realised it really wasn't working for me. Like it really wasn't working. First of all, I was eating a lot more in the, the window. So I was overloading my gut and I was just eating too much food. And then secondly, I was getting into that. I don't think it's healthy for me when I go into the food denying thing rather than the, oh my God, we live in an amazing place. And I'm so grateful that there's all this range of food. Can you see? It, it, if it starts to swing to the, oh, food's terrible. I need to not have, I need to not eat. I think that's really, for me personally, I just find that really sad because we are so blessed and so lucky to live in a country that has access to so much good food. So, yeah, I've been turning that around recently. So just noticing for you whether you're getting into the, I really want this in my dietary cheeseburger, but I don't think I ought to, or I shouldn't want that, or this isn't correct. Notice, just notice all of it as if it was just useful information. So drop the judgment, keep it neutral, notice it, because it's what's important about this is not that you're perfect cheeseburger it's the process you go through and how much you allow yourself to have on the way how much you dare to dream and imagine and go oh I didn't realize I could do that that's really cool or realizing what's really important to you is it the taste are you denying yourself you know just noticing so we've got the whole cheeseburger right you've got it you've done it woohoo for you how did it feel did it stretch your imagination into, oh, I didn't think that was possible. And now it is. Has it made you hungry? <laughs> Just notice how you feel about doing this with me. And thank you so much for doing it with me. So this is the second in what appears to be kind of growing a slight series or theme about 
um, making the impossible possible for you because it really does feel impossible for us sometimes or often for the people I work with definitely and previously for myself to have a life that actually works it's like we're always having to compromise in some huge huge way and very often we don't want to compromise our work performance we don't want to let anyone down we don't want to lose face at work we don't want to do a bad job because we're highly conscientious um, and so we end up compromising our health and our happiness and not having the time and energy for our lives and then it then we try so many different things trying to work out how, 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 how do I get through work, but still get to do the things I really, really want to do. And it becomes impossible, particularly when you get stuck into overwhelm, which is really easy to get stuck in because of the way the human mind works, particularly if you're very conscientious. My lovely, lovely, lovely people I work with are all really conscientious and I'm very conscientious. You know, we want to do a good job in the world. We don't want to let people down. And I just think that pressure we can put on ourselves, it's worth looking at that. How much of the pressure are you putting on yourself? So when you were doing the dietary cheeseburger, how much were you allowing yourself the freedom of playing with the idea? And how much pressure were you putting on yourself to have the correct, the morally correct cheeseburger? Just just an idea for you. Anyway, enjoy. Um, thinking about this and I'd love to know how you get on I'd love 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 to hear about your dietary cheeseburger have a great week thank you for listening to this week's episode of the overwhelm is optional podcast if it sounds like your kind of thing then I invite you to go on over to heidimark.co.uk forward slash the one minute mark and get hold of my free audio so that you can get started on your journey out of overwhelm to creating a life that works for you instead of just working really damn hard trying to find a way to squish yourself in a life that isn't really working for you. So that's Heidi Mark, Heidi Mark with an E on the end, .co.uk forward slash the one minute mark. Thank you for listening and anytime you feel like subscribing, sharing, liking, commenting, it's so, so helpful. It finds other people find this podcast. Thank you so much for being here.